Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, the severe weather season is not here officially, but uh, we had, I don't know if you'll call it an early season outbreak, but man, we had some really exciting weather earlier this week. Uh, Yeah, we did. Um, Friday and Saturday were crazy for pretty much the eastern half of the U.S. Um, I I don't know. It it, It got an early start on Friday at around 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning here in Oklahoma, in far western and northwestern Oklahoma, I want to point out, and then just moved east from there over the next two days. And it was, I'll tell you, though, here in central Oklahoma, we didn't get really anything. We got some rain in the late afternoon. But it was like the storms happened on either side of us, but not in the middle. So that was kind of weird. Right. And I was watching coverage. Obviously, you and I were texting back and forth and we were you know, tweeting about it on our uh, Twitter page at Weather Podcast. Uh, but it looked like you guys, like you said, had storms develop to your guys' west on that initial like early shot. And, mm-hmm. you know, quick storms fire and then they die off real quick. And then, you know, most of the action looked to be toward Tulsa until yeah. that line kind of formed to get back down into Dallas. But, um, you know. We talked about this last Sunday mm-hmm. where the SPC had put out the notice saying, hey, you know, it's really rare that we get these things in January this early in the season. And for them to go to 15 percent confidence that this was going to be a, a wind event with, you know, possibility of tornadoes and other things was uh, pretty cool to see that far in advance. Yeah, definitely. Like that, I think we talked about that being a, a record for January, yep. them going out that far in advance. And every day leading up to it, it got a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, and it expanded further and further west as well. And so that's how central and western Oklahoma ended up in a slight slash enhanced area. And we even were in a tornado watch at around 10 or 11 in the morning on Friday. So, um, which was lasting until six o'clock and I, and around four o'clock or so they put out a winter weather advisory as well. So we were in both of those at the same time, which is also fun. So, um, yeah, they did really good. I think spot on narrowing down the area because definitely to our East is what really got it. Yeah. And when you go back and you look at just, you know, the, the storm reports from SPC, uh, eight tornado reports on the 10th, which was Friday, um, Wind reports, 201, 23 reports of hail. And we knew primarily this would be a wind event. That was kind of the mm-hmm. big, that was the big issue that we were looking at. The tornadoes, obviously, you know, we knew that the conditions were somewhat favorable for a couple lone supercells. We weren't worried that this was going to be a, like a super outbreak, but the conditions right. were there. And you're right. You know, cold front draped across the Midwest. You had the strong southerly and southwest flow from the Gulf. And, you know, that lovely northwest wind bringing in that cold Arctic air, um, it was totally a recipe for severe storms. And we saw that and it was great. Uh, like you said, you know, you had the winter stuff, the winter warnings up for the panhandle of Oklahoma. You guys in Oklahoma City were sitting, what, like in the 60s and yet mm-hmm. less than 100 miles away, it was 31 degrees and snowing. Yes. Like, I mean, once the cold front moved through the area, it was a switch from spring to winter. And I I remember 
during the morning, you know, watching the watches go up and the warnings go up. And at one point there were several storms to Oklahoma city Southwest moving Northeast. So they were headed towards us. They kind of fell apart, moved around us. So they didn't make it to Oklahoma city. So that would imply the winds were out of the South later in the afternoon. I watched all the flags outside switch and the wind was coming from the North. And I was like, well, there it is. There's the cold front cold airs here our severe weather risk has now gone away and i i would be very interested to see what uh the outlook overlapped over the final storm reports map would look like because it really looks like for friday where all those wind reports are right there in that enhanced area most of the reports were and so that's just impressive to me that we have been able to get i say we like i'm part of it but have been able to get that good at predicting severe weather days and days out that we can narrow down the area. And that's where most of the reports came from were within that enhanced area. And then a few sprinkled out in the slight and a few sprinkled out in the marginal. So I just think it'd be cool to see that overlapped over that and just see how well it was pinpointed. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, SPC uh, will release that here in the next couple of days. Um, you know, the preliminary data is what we see immediately, which they post. So, you know, Friday was busy. The storms continued east on Saturday. Uh, seven tornado reports. Uh, a couple long track tornadoes. I want to say one that was on the ground uh, for almost 40 miles, and that was on Friday. Some other ones, um, you know, took place. And, man, it was it was intense to watch. 670 wind reports. Like we said, seven wow. tornadoes. No hail reports, which I thought was very interesting. But you know, we had but, a little hail in northwest Oklahoma. But right. it was like pea sized hail. Right. So it and, wasn't anything serious. Right. And that was on Friday, but Saturday, no hail reports. But that's also very indicative of, you know, the cold air coming in over top of the warm air until that got mm-hmm. eroded out, you know, with those supercell thunderstorms where you got the hail. But Saturday, yeah. different dynamic in the atmosphere. You had pretty much lost, you know, that cold front um you know, mechanism to create the severe storms. The cold front obviously was draping across the U.S. and moving quickly to the east, which was pushing that warm air out ahead of it where you got the wind reports and a couple of the tornadoes, but no hail reports. Um, Unfortunately, there were, you know, six or seven fatalities. Um, Several homes were destroyed in Alabama on Saturday. On Friday, down in Louisiana, there was a long track tornado near Barksdale Air Force Base that killed, I believe, uh, three people or two people and you know we, we never like to see that this early in the season because you know while there is really no timetable for severe weather it's very uncharacteristic to be in a severe outbreak or a severe weather event this early in the season yeah yeah that impacts such a huge portion of the country also and the amount of wind reports pictures video out of alabama was crazy i mean i follow a few alabama specific weather entities so that's probably why i saw more of those than other ones but i mean big 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 trees just toppled over at the root and so many houses that just had these trees fall on them i mean tree branches all the way through just like speared through roofs down into kitchens and living rooms and stuff and so it really does not have to be a tornado to cause the same type of damage right straight line winds are extremely powerful um yeah 
like just going over these real quick, this, this uh, prelim data. So on Saturday, this gentleman in Trigg County, uh, Kentucky, uh, in the city I believe is pronounced Cadiz, C-A-D-I-Z. He's a ham radio operator. By the way, shout out to the ham radio operators out there. Um, if you're a ham guy or girl, thank you for what you guys do. It's a great way to communicate information back to the National Weather Service. Um, amateur radio is one of those things that a lot of people get into but don't really know the ins and outs of it. But the ham people are really, really important and vital for many things. So thank you to those guys. But this gentleman in the span of two hours had two tornadoes that were rain-wrapped come by his property. Wow. Wow. And that's the scary thing is them being rain wrapped and being part of a line of thunderstorms. So you can't pick it out when it's happening. And so, wow, for him to see two in two hours, that's nuts. Yeah. And so, you know, it's going through, it says, you know, rain wrapped tornado sighted by a ham operator near his home, just east of the city of Katie's. And then, you know, the next one comes in an hour later based on radar. Uh, the second report, rain wrapped tornado. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, seeing one tornado in a lifetime, pretty awesome. Seeing two within an hour, you know, might want to go out and buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, for real. For or real. Move. Like, <laughs> nah. No, yeah. you don't want to risk missing it again in the future. That's so. <laughs> true. That is true. Uh, and we'll get into the, to the model comments that you made earlier because I think it, you're right. You know, severe weather. Obviously, it's not easy to predict, but when you see the set, the general setup, you know, days out in advance, you know, you have a pretty good feeling about, you know, putting together some parameters, right? You know, chances mm-hmm. are for this, you know, X, Y, Z. Chances are for that, X, Y, Z. And so it's important to have that. Um, and we'll get into the snow aspect that we're dealing with up here in the Northwest. We talked about it for a while last week that, you know, we'd be model riding like crazy. Well, Bonnie, we have model roads so much. Uh, I've gone through two or three saddles already. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to need some more padding and, you know, just, just to stay on that horse because it has been absolutely crazy. And we'll dive into that in a second. But you're right. You know, shout out to the guys at SPC. Shout out to the guys at the Storms Lab. Um you know, I, I really do believe our severe weather forecasting is getting a lot better and not just, you know, decade over decade, but year to year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Season to season, it just gets more and more spot on. And like I said, I'm ready to see that outlook overlapped over the reports and just see how pinpointed and how accurate it was. Yeah. Well, the one thing that uh, I'm waiting to see happen and probably won't is uh, – AMS 100-year anniversary is taking place this weekend in Boston. Yes. And so everybody is in Boston, um, meteorologists, amateurs, everybody's associated with the AMS. Unfortunately, I didn't make the trip back. Uh, you didn't make the trip back, but that's okay. But the one thing we all kind of joked about is we were expecting to see a nor'easter at some point during the week uh, back in Boston. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So having all the weather people in one place, you know, didn't actually make something happen. But it would have been cool to see had that been the case. Yeah. Like the weather just follows all. Everybody to Boston. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It would be hilarious. But, you know. Um, Yeah. So the the American Meteorological Society just wrapped up its 100 year anniversary year. And now they're obviously celebrating the big 100. Um, They're going to unveil a new logo here coming up in the next couple of days. So, yeah, kicks off today in Boston, and we'll go through the week and just pulling up the Boston forecast, which, you know, again, poor guys, 
it was going to be, you know, everybody was kind of hoping for something. And they might get something out of it, but chances are probably not. Yeah. Yeah. The one time the weather just lets us down, it can't can't make it to the AMS conference. <laughs> right. I mean, and they have a slight chance of snow on Thursday, but nothing. Winds could gust as high as 25. That's not a nor'easter. Sorry. Nope. So, but hey, lucky them. Shout out to all those guys. Uh, have fun. And uh, can't wait to see what comes out of, you know, AMS 100. We'll be tweeting about it on our on our page at Weather Podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Everybody Kinda enjoy. Jealous. Yeah, I am too. I am too. We'll have to maybe make plans to go next year. Yeah, for sure. Because that would be fun. Uh, have you ever been to an AMS meeting? No. Like a national? Um, I've been to two of them. Uh, they had the severe weather or they had the broadcast conference out here in Portland about eight or nine years ago. And so the Oregon AMS uh, hosted a local chapter meeting. We had the gentleman that wrote the USA Today weather book, which, uh, you know, everybody has this thing. Um, and so it was great because we had that as our local meeting. And we had basically everybody that attended the the actual like full meeting showed up. So it was really cool. Yeah. So like all these TV people like across the country, you know, showed up. So it was great. So I got to meet a lot of really cool people. I got to play host to a city. So even though I wasn't specifically attending the conference, I was there every single day. Which That's pretty cool. awesome. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then I went to a hyd- uh, the hydrology um, conference when it was town. So I bet yeah. that was interesting. It was. It was very wet. <laughs> There's your bad joke. So. <laughs> I like bad weather jokes, though. Right. It's comedy. Uh, and the AMS will be live streaming the opening ceremonies here um, actually right now. So, yeah, by the time you guys hear this, uh, it will be over. So you can check that out on the AMS website, amatsock.org. Um, yeah. So there we go. There we go. Yeah. Exciting. All right. So you guys got the severe storms. You guys got the snow. We talked about the craziness that is model riding out here in the Northwest. Well, Bonnie, last week we had talked about, you know, chance of snow on Sunday, Monday, you know, being this Arctic outbreak. Well, since we last talked, uh, the models have done 180s, 360s, 520s, 1080s, uh, (laughs) you name it, they've changed and come back. And it has been, I don't want to say it's a headache because, you know, when you love weather, it's not ever a headache. But I have had so much Tylenol just dealing with people <laughs> on a six-hour basis, run to run. Like, I want to put my head up against the wall. Don't do it. Just pull out your flask. Oh, okay. it, seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's a line in the in the uh, TV show The West Wing, which is a show that I absolutely love, and I've watched it all the way through at least ten times now, all seven or eight seasons. Uh, there's a line where there. Uh, communications chief Toby Ziegler says, you know, when you go home tonight and you have the urge to drink, don't fight the feeling. (laughs) Just go with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what people have been doing because, you know, the 12Z comes out and it's a downer. And then the 18Z comes out and we refer to it as the drunk uncle and everything looks, you know, amazing. 25 inches of snow, 30 inches of snow, and everybody's hyped up on that. And then the Zero Z comes out, which is the most trusted model run, apparently. And that, you know, brings everybody crashing back down to earth. And just the wave of emotions over 12 and six hours is absolutely insane. I think it's interesting that 
different times that the model runs, certain ones are considered just whack, like don't even pay attention to them. Like yep. I think it's interesting that it's the specific time that it runs. Like what's the difference? You know what I mean? It's just taking whatever data is available. So right. it's just interesting that there's one particular one that people are like, <laughs> that's the crazy one. Don't pay attention to it. Yeah. So we refer to the 18Z as the drunk uncle, which I, again, yeah. it's one of those ones where everyone's like, well, it's the last model run of the certain day. I, yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, we don't call the 12Z Euro, which runs twice a day, the drunk uncle. You know, we look at it for, you know, the beacon of purity that it is as it being the European <laughs> model. And I, I it just it really does kind of drive me nuts. You know, I take every model one with every model run with a grain of salt, just knowing because, you know, there's going to be something different in it. And if it's okay. the same, you know, you feel very confident, like, OK, this this could work. But it's it's insane. It really yeah. is. Well, and we all know that the, the GFS can just, like you said, be a little bit crazy sometimes. And the Euro is is the god of winter weather, right. we like to view it as, you know. But let's be real. No model is, so we still have to take all of them with a grain of salt. But we like the Euro for winter. Right. And you know how much I love to go through and read forecast discussions because, you know, you mm -hmm. kind of really get the in-depth. So I'm just going to read to you a portion of the Portland one. Okay. So, skew T analysis between different models are showing the Central Valley to be too warm for snow accumulation to occur, and there will most likely be a rain-snow mix only. Depending on where the low tracks, this area could become colder, so this area will be something to watch. The Southern Valley will likely only see rain. The low will move northeast and looks to be out of the area by Thursday night. Ridging will build Friday night, bringing temperatures up, and will begin to push the snow levels up. Okay, so we've now gone into complete analysis where we're busting out skew T charts. <laughs> Gotta love the skew T. Gotta. It's one of the most, most important things. <laughs> it gives you a very good picture, though, of the atmosphere it from does. top to bottom. It does. We're really bummed. We had a vertical profiler that was installed out at the mouth of the Columbia Gorge in a city called Troutdale. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, it's it's now it's home to the Troutdale Airport and uh, an Amazon fulfillment center, where I get a lot of the packages that I deal with in Hillsborough. Well, they took the profiler profiler offline this year. It was a five year grant, and so we had it for five years, and now it's offline. So it was great. So oh. we had the vertical profile of the atmosphere. We don't have that anymore. So now we're oh, oh it sucks. So now we're you know back to just looking at skew T tarts and um upper air analysis let me tell you what the amount of skew tees that i hand plotted when i was in school is nuts i still have a few if they're really big they're like a big giant i mean they're a big giant skew tee graph oh, and yeah. then you're given all the data and you plot it on there and you get out your green and your red colored pencil and bam you make it happen right and then you analyze it based on what everything does yeah so well you know we go through and we continue to you know look at you know, what could happen here? And so it says low level offshore flow through the Columbia Gorge will bring temperatures within the northeast portion of the forecast area below freezing Wednesday morning. As this continental air mass moves west, it will begin to it will bring snow showers Tuesday evening across the eastern Cascades. Cold air damming against the coast range will keep the cold air within the northern Willamette Valley reduced 
1,000 to 700 millibar thickness indicates that snow level will drop to the surface from the northern Willamette Valley and northeast uh, county warning area counties starting Wednesday. Upslope winds from easterly flow across the Cascades will continue to produce decent snow accumulation across the Hood River Valley and the Gorge. The northern Willamette Valley has the potential of getting 2 to 5 inches of snow Wednesday afternoon through Thursday morning. With cold air damming, heavier accumulation, heavier accumulations are, lo- are likely toward Banks, Forest Grove, as well as Hood River Valley. So, I mean, they get really detailed, but yet you go pull up and, you know, your clickable forecast, and it's like, eh, one to three. Yeah. And that's that's the deal is, like, it just all varies. Some are two to five, one to three, yep. four to six, and you're just like, ah, these are all so close, but so different, and it's just, we're going to get some snow like that's that's the way to sum that up and that's what makes winter weather kind of frustrating is not being able to pin it down but it's the same in the spring like yeah yeah, chance for tornadoes but we don't know how many yeah chance for hail but we don't really know what size right so it's just it's going to be windy yeah 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 that's what we know exactly exactly it's going to be windy it's going to be cold like there you go (laughs) which is great so it's like saying rain snow showers today you know, no precip or no accumulation, and then everything starts kind of going downhill. So, snow level starts at 1,100 feet, lowering to 400 feet. Okay, so I'm going to drive up to the place where it says elevation 500 feet, and then I'm going to pull out my GPS and walk down to the 400-foot level. And if there's no snow there, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> yeah, because you said at 400 feet we would have snow. Where exactly. Is it? Exactly. So again, we're getting really well defined, and we talked about this in you know a couple shows ago, where we know between the hours of ten and eleven we're going to have snow showers. <laughs> we're kind of getting back into that whole point here. But I'm <sighs> bummed. So you know the the so-called Arctic air won't actually officially make it. Um, ours is going to have to come through the gorge, which requires low pressure systems to come off the coast, draw all that east wind out, which will be colder, drier air. And then the setup, you know, hopefully knock on wood happens because I'm ready for some snow. I'm tired of looking at models. Um, When we get done taping this, I'm going to hop on Facebook and do a Facebook live video and then head to work. And then at that point, everything will kind of blend together the next four days. So, like I said, knock on wood that, you know, it's actually going to happen because if it doesn't, there's going to be a lot of really upset people. Well, you know, fingers crossed for you, and uh, y'all will be in my thoughts and prayers that you get the snow that Thank you deserve. You. Well, you got some snow earlier, so I'm jealous of that, so hopefully now is our turn. But what do you guys have come uh, coming up forecast-wise uh, for OKC? Well, I will say our snow that we had on Saturday morning was nothing to hoot and holler about. It was, I guess the term would be a dusting, but it seems like a little bit more like there was a layer on on everything it just wasn't enough to measure an inch or anything and the snowflakes were pretty pretty big um but then the sun came out in the afternoon and we got up to like 40 or 42 so the snow was gone pretty quickly but um but hey we got our first measurable visual snow it was pretty exciting um but the rest of the week i mean we're getting back to what we've been which is like up near 60 for highs 30s 40s for lows chance of storms towards the end of the week Uh, but right now it's just about a 40 percent chance next friday so we had our big show on friday and saturday and now we're just back to the regular old pattern okay well at least you have something to look forward to yeah and i mean you know like 
it could change. It could get more and more intense as the right. week goes on. So we'll see what happens. Well, like I said, officially it's saying it across the board there's lots of snowflakes. Rain, snow, likely. Rain, snow, likely. Rain, snow, likely. Snow, snow, snow. Breezy. <laughs> um, <coughs> but instead of temperatures being like in the 20s, you know, our, our highs could top out at, say, 34, which is still cold enough to support snow. The entire column, top to bottom, is cold enough to support snow, right? But yes. I would like to see temperatures below freezing all day in order to actually support the full amount of snow that we can squeeze out. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, the GFS wants to bring in a quick inch or two Monday night. Then a low appears out of nowhere on Tuesday, which could dump another one to two inches. And then the big one is Wednesday, where they're now saying snow accumulations one to three inches. So, you know, fingers crossed that's actually something, but man. Let's see, you're just like hanging on a dream day to day. Literally. Just hoping it drops something. Literally. And like I said, if this thing busts, oh my gosh. Oh, I know, there, it's going to be, be hell. You know, people say that this forecast busted for the severe event because there wasn't a huge tornado outbreak. People think... But there wasn't supposed to be a tornado outbreak. Right. Like there was never like there was all all the reports, forecasts, everything I saw was like, yeah, possibility for tornadoes, some tornadoes possible. Like it was never like a tornado focused event at all. Right. Oh, that drives me nuts with people. It really does. And then I don't know if you saw James Spann. He posted two emails that he got from people during the severe weather coverage that were like get this person off to put my football back on on Saturday. And he posted the full email with their name and email address and everything. Oh, good. I did not see that. I was that, like, but... you go James fan. You do that. Yeah. I'm just, I... we'll get it's into that so on ridiculous. another show. Today's not the time to right. do it, but right. You know but yeah, it's just crazy on, how people. it still happens. Yeah. I can't even, we're better than this. <sighs> Apparently not. <laughs> well, that is true. That is oh. true. Well, Hey, you know what? With the way technology works, you can pull up a pull up in the stream of a game on your phone. So boom! And somebody commented that on his post. They're like, "I don't understand why people are still like this. Like, you can stream it. Like, pull up your freaking laptop." Right. There are plenty of places. Go to Reddit and just search for NFL streams, and all of a sudden, boom! There you go. Yeah. Every game out of market, in market, it's all available. And most cable companies have an app that you can log into and yep. stream it. So yep. I just whatever. <laughs> People people hate being inconvenienced when they're watching entertainment. So yeah, I want to watch my football on my giant TV, not my little phone or my laptop. Well, you know what? I want to watch James Spann on TV. So yeah, suck it. Right, exactly. We support you, James Spann. Yeah. Come on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to James Spann. We'll be hearing more from James. Uh, speaking of National Weather Podcast Month and James Spann, uh, Bonnie, I'm really jealous because you're going to go attend a live taping of. Our friends, the uh, Tornado Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks. Yes, Stormfront Freaks. Yes, I am super excited. That's going to be Friday, March 6th, so it's still two months away, but I am counting it down. I've been doing some interacting with them on Twitter, so that'll be fun. Gary England will be there. Uh, Rick Smith will be there. He's the warning coordinator. So I'm uh, for the weather service here, and so I'm pretty excited. Like, I'm pumped, 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 pumped. Yeah, it's awesome. It is straight up awesome. I'm very jealous. So And Weather Podcast Month is March, right? Uh yes, I believe so. March or February. One of the two. Yeah. And that would make sense because the thing is in March. So yes, March. 
Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be our second month with it. Um, we have a bunch of different stuff that we will roll out. Yeah, it is March. Um, so, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming. I'm really excited for this. Uh, again, we were part of it last year, and uh, we're excited for it this year. It's funny. You go to uh, weatherpodcastmonth.com, and our tweet is the last one that's up on the feed. Awesome. Yeah. They need to change our logo, though. Oh, yeah. It's still mm. the old one. Yeah, we'll speaking of logo, we've got stickers, y'all. We've got round ones, and we've got ones cut out yes. in the shape of the logo. So hit us up if you want one. Yep. They're a dollar. Yep, we will send them out to you ASAP. We Just one them. little old dollar. Yeah, it will get you a cool sticker. And they're high quality. I thoroughly love mine. Yeah, me too. And both of them are awesome. Like yes, I really love both of them. So let us know. Yeah, holler at us. We will get you a sticker in the mail. They are a dollar. Uh, you can Venmo us. You can Cash App us. We will make it happen. So let us know. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go hop on Facebook Live and try and keep everybody, talk them down from jumping off the ledge here with snow because <laughs> at least the GFS uh, shows something. So that's good. Uh, and we'll go from there. But Bonnie, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon waiting for the snow. <laughs> and I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma doing nothing with snow. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> Not. Well. <laughs> you got yours I'm earlier. You. Yeah, you got yours yeah. earlier, so. True. All right, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.